Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good afternoon, Paula. Hello there, Mr. Roberts. How are you? I'm doing great. We are Dean and Paula Roberts, and we are co-coaches of the RYR Endurance Team. We coach runners and triathletes. Yes, we do. So in our last podcast episode, we talked about variety is the spice of life. So you gave me a homework assignment in the last episode. I did. What I give you? Who said that? Who inspired those words that we've known our whole life? Well, I found it. So the uh, person (laughs) noted for making that statement was an English poet named William Cowper, (laughs) C-O-W-P-E-R. And that phrase is in his poem, which is really a book, because I looked into it. It's quite lengthy called The Task, and it was written in 1785, a long time ago. Well, I do find that information valuable. I don't think that's the homework assignment I gave you. What was the homework assignment? I feel like we wanted to know where the term moly mile came from. I'll work on that. (laughs) (laughs) Next podcast. Next podcast. Let me write that down. If my memory serves me correctly. It always does. It usually does. One of the many reasons you married me. One of the many reasons. (laughs) He says that a lot. So I saw an interesting t-shirt today. What did it say? It said, I'm not lucky, I'm blessed. Well. I like that. I do like that. Yep. Yeah. So continuing on with the theme of variety is the spice of life. I had my typical lunch today. All the salad. Big salad with spinach and coleslaw and almonds and raisins and half an avocado, hummus, some chia seeds, flaxseed, and I had an apple and some blueberries. I still had a sweet tooth, and I had not had one of your famous homemade loaves of bread, which they're tiny loaves of bread, just a Probably two times the size of a stick of butter. Something like that. But to put it in podcast perspective. <laughs> but I hadn't had one today. So that's what I had for dessert. So it was really good. Have we ever have we ever talked about your special homemade dessert bread in a podcast? I haven't. But it's one of those mini loaf pans where each pan has eight little mini loaves of bread. And I just, while you're... Talking about it, I pulled it up here on my fitness pal. If I, I'm usually pretty simple in my eating. All the ingredients are separate, and I just add the amounts I want. For example, I might need six ounces of chicken one day or eight ounces a different day, just depending on my calories and macro needs for the day based on my activity level. So when I actually make a recipe, I put all the ingredients into my fitness pal, measured out, 
divide by the number of servings so that I have my micros correct when I eat food such as this. So this is one of the rare recipes I make where all the ingredients are combined. So any idea how many calories have you been peaking? I have not been peaking. Any idea how many calories are in one of those loaves? I'm going to guess 300 calories. Not bad guess. 256 calories. The fat is 6.5 grams. Carbs, 41.2 grams. And protein is 7.6 grams, which it did have a very low amount of protein in it. And so I switched to the Fairlife milk rather than the cashew milk. Something our son Jacob got us into. Yep, so... That's one of the ingredients now. So I'll just read through the ingredients here very quickly. There are raisins. There are walnuts, nutmeg, lots of diced up, chopped up carrots. I use my food processor every day. I just throw those carrots in there. It's a good investment. Practically liquefy those babies. You don't even know you're eating carrots usually. And then I make my own flour out of gluten-free rolled oats and... Very ripe bananas, and then it's seasoned. Well, medjool dates is what sweetens it, and then I switch to the Fairlife milk. You have to have something to liquefy and, and get a batter. And then the spices include cinnamon and cloves and nutmeg. And then there's some vanilla extract, and then, of course, you need a little bit of the baking soda, baking powder variety, so that the bread will actually rise so for us, it's a real treat. We don't eat a lot of sugar, and this doesn't have any added sugars. The banana is a natural sweetener, and the medjool dates, those are extremely sweet. And then carrots, to some degree, are a sweetener. But it's all healthy ingredients, and it's tasty sometimes. I feel like I have to hide them, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> the deal is, if I, do, if, I, if I go to all the trouble to cook them, and then he washes up, the uh, pans, and I'll let him eat them, too. I noticed the pans were still in the kitchen. They are still sitting in there, so whoever whoever washes them. I'll get on that <laughs> after the podcast. <laughs> right after the podcast. Well, they're very good. Does the recipe have a name? I just call it gluten-free vegan banana bread. All right, I'll just call it banana bread. Okay. Okay. You can call it carrot bread. You can call it date bread. Okay. Call it whatever you want. So I was thinking about a podcast topic. You were. You know, we just came through 2020 when the world was turned on its end with the pandemic. And I know our racing plans were all canceled. And what were we signed up to do? We had a very focused marathon year. Yeah, it was going to be a big year. Boston in April, uh, Chicago in October, and then New York in November. Half of the world majors were going to be conquered in 2020. And that didn't happen. Zero. We did find two in-person marathons to compete in, which was good. And we counted one of those as our virtual Boston, which was a nice thing that uh, Boston made available to those who had been registered. But looking into 2021, Boston has already pushed out to October 11th instead of in April which coincides with the Chicago Marathon. So that's an interesting dynamic. Speaking of interesting dynamic on that, on all these social media sites, people are talking about 
flying to Boston to pick up their registration packet, flying to Chicago to get their registration packet and race on Sunday, and then flying back to Boston to run Boston the next day. Wow. Seems like I saw something about the Ironman World Championship being in October and people trying to come up with a way to do that and Boston. So I don't know if they're the same weekend. One's on Sunday and one's on Monday. Well, October 11th. Is a Monday. Is a Monday. Mm -hmm. So Chicago's not on a Monday. No, that's what I'm saying. They're going to race them back-to-back days. But their issue was they don't have any problem racing Chicago, flying to Boston, racing Boston. Their issue was could they get to the expo and get there (laughs) and get registered for Boston. Get their packet picked up. Right. So they're actually going to Boston before Chicago, then going to Chicago. Wow. Then going to Boston. So I'm guessing that Iron Man is going to be on a Saturday. Chicago's on a Sunday. Boston is on a Monday. Can you imagine (laughs) making that trip? Wow. So I I don't know if those are the right dates, but I just saw something online about the Ironman World Championship being the same weekend. You can look it up. I might. All right. So anyway, while you're looking that up, we don't know what 2021 holds. Hopefully the world will return to its new normal, which hopefully includes a little less social distancing to where we can get back to racing get back to group gatherings, group events. But I was thinking, why is it that our training centers around racing? We talk about sometimes that we don't want to put all our hopes on one day. It's more about the the process, the journey, enjoy the training. Really, the racing is kind of icing on the cake. It's uh, a good way to establish a, a benchmark, to document all the improvements that you made, but really the training process is what we ought to be focusing on. So racing really doesn't need to be the climax of your year, at least not every year. And I was just thinking about other ways that we could challenge ourselves, other challenging goals we could consider without racing. Yeah. And I think that's more important for some athletes than others. I know a friend of mine, we do a lot of our training together and she just cannot wait for race day. And she doesn't even like to go through a hard training block unless the culminating event is a race. But for me, I just enjoy getting better. I just enjoy getting out and running. In fact, races stress me out to some degree. Yeah. And I guess tying back into our previous podcast on variety, in your case where you're not a fan of racing... You can see improvement week after week, month after month, because we're having you do consistent workouts. Right. And I like that. And I know even when I did, this is off topic a little bit, but we'll get back on. Even when I trained for Ironman Louisville in 2017, a lot of our transition runs, we ran right outside my house, like our house, and we would set up nutrition in the driveway and... Our neighborhood is only, what, a one-third? One-third. One-third mile loop. And it doesn't bother me a bit. I'm just happy as a lark repeating one-third mile loop. I know some people would just not like that. (laughs) 
but I'm a pattern person. I, I don't mind consistency. Yeah. So we're all about taking tangents on this podcast. Yep. Sorry. So the idea of taking loops, making loops, reminds me of what we've experienced running laps around a track and how our watches seem to be more accurate when we're going counterclockwise. And I wear my watch on my left arm and you do the same, right? Yes. I'm laughing because when I first noticed this, because when I do track workouts, you've often advised me to do half of the interval counterclockwise and half clockwise just to have equal force around the curves on the body, like even things out. And I would come home and say, nothing wrong with my watch. Like, I know I'm not putting forth the effort on my clockwise run, but it's faster. And you're kind of looking at me like I was nutso. And you're thinking, well, maybe you're just warmed up after the first five. So the back five feel better. But I think we have since learned that it's a thing. Yeah, I went to the track (laughs) <laughs> one day by myself and I experimented and I Because he didn't believe me. <laughs> and I, I tried switching my watch from my left arm to my right arm and yeah, it, it made a difference. But I bring up this whole point <laughs> because you mentioned doing loops around our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Guess which direction I go in our neighborhood. I'm guessing you went uh, clockwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was reading about a new watch that Garmin had out. Do you remember which one it was? Ah, anyway, doesn't matter. Garmin has a new watch that's supposedly accurate when you're running on a track, even to the point where it knows what lane of the track you're in. So that's pretty cool. When I do track intervals, I do like to run in the outside lanes just because I feel like the curves aren't as tight. I feel like it's easier on my overall skeletal and muscular system to run in the outer lanes yeah so that might throw it off yeah more. I, I know there's a uh, a track meet coming up it's about three weeks away now at a new track facility in louisville kentucky and it's a 200 meter track with banked curves rubberized indoor track with banked curves that would be fun to run on yes it would and it'd be a little bit easier on your body Mm-hmm. going around the, the banks all right back on topic what are some of the challenging goals that we could set for ourselves that really don't involve racing really don't necessarily involve uh, social gatherings so the first one that i thought of was consecutive days of training and i, I know we have a friend who is uh, inclined to try to run every day and he's been very diligent at it. At one point, he had a, a 10-year streak. So I did a little research. He started his sixth year recently in his new streak. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's, he's doing great. I, I talked to him not too long ago. He experienced the COVID. And he said that even with the COVID, he was able to get out and run by himself and uh, keep his streak alive. But there's a, uh, a community called Streak Runners International. They have a website, runeveryday.com. I have a question. Yes. Can you clarify what streak running means? Streak running (laughs) means running every day. It is not. The streak. Running in no clothes, which reminds me of a song. The streak. 
by Ray Stevens from back in the 70s. If you haven't heard that song, you ought to look it up on YouTube. It's uh, it's funny. It's the kind of humor I grew up with. And there's a line in the song where the uh, uh, Ray Stevens, the singer, he's pretending to be the husband in the song. And he's telling his wife, he says, Don't look, Ethel. <laughs> anyway, uh, check it out on YouTube. So streak running. So I, I looked it up online, and the current record holder is Ron Hill. He's a three-time Olympian, a Boston Marathon winner. At one point, had the world record in the marathon. He ran at least one mile for over 52 consecutive years of his life. And he passed away at the age of 78. Now, out on the runeveryday.com website, it shows that there are two Americans that are getting close to catching and surpassing Ron Hill. Um, that, that should happen sometime this year if, if they are able to continue their streaks. Speaking of streaks, I was, until you just started throwing out all this research, I was pretty proud of in 2021. I so far have a 44-day streak. Wow. You know how many days there's been in 2021 so far? No, I don't. 44. You haven't missed a day this year. I am. You're an overachiever. I am blessed Mm -hmm. with the ability to run right now. Super exciting. Yeah. And most of those are super easy. Take good care of my body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We'll have to sign you up on runeveryday.com. Well, let's not go overboard just yet. <laughs> it looks like they start tracking people after a year, I believe it is. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot that could go on in your life to prevent you from being able to run on a particular day or, or ride if that was the type of streak you were doing. You know, it could be the pandemic. could be an ice storm, which we've just recently encountered here. could be an injury. It could be a sick loved one that you need to take care of. There's you mentioned just... an ice storm, so if you did a indoor bike or an indoor run that would count right yeah that would count okay yeah anyway there's just so many things that could come up to make you take a day off and then i was looking into uh, cycling streaks and i came across a guy named jim langley and he started a streak trying to ride his bike an hour a day with the goal of making it 10 straight years unfortunately he had a bicycle accident on ice and broke his hip and then they uh, put him back together with pins in his hip and he was riding his bike indoors with one leg six days later and in this story I was reading he commented if he had thought about it he could have kept his streak going if they would have brought a bicycle into his hospital room with one leg (laughs) that might just be a little bit obsessive right there Um, But after that accident, he started a new streak, and he's been going an hour every day for the last 27 years. That's still impressive. That's a lot of bike riding. A lot of bike riding. So we're not encouraging anybody to do a streak, but that is certainly a challenging goal because rest is so important, and people that have that longevity have learned how to have easy days They've learned how to recover. They probably are very patterned about their sleeping. Probably so. You know, it's kind of weird. You know what I've enjoyed most about my 
44 day streak. What's that? Is it makes my nutrition needs more similar from day to day rather than having a day off where I need far fewer calories than when I run. It's kind of even that out a little bit. I mean, some days I still run harder, longer, farther, and still have to adjust, but it's made for a little bit more consistency with my nutrition. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. Another tangent, sorry. No, that's okay. So just some other ways that you could challenge yourself. You can always do individual time trials, whether that's run, bike, swim. You could do an FTP test on the bike. Those are really painful, but it's a, a really good benchmark that uh, you know we as coaches can use to help set your, uh, your targets in your training. So another challenging goal is cumulative miles. And I know your running career started with a cumulative mile goal Mm -hmm. rather than a time goal or a race you had in mind. Mm -hmm. You set yourself a goal of running a thousand miles in a year. Zero to a thousand. And uh, you could do the same thing on a bike. You could do the same thing in the water. But again, you have to be moderate in how you increase these type of challenging goals. If you become obsessive, you can overdo it and end up injured. I know a friend of mine, Nate, he decided near the end of 2020 that he was getting real close to having 2,020 miles in the year. So he stepped up his game and put in a few extra miles each week and was able to accomplish that goal. So another challenge that you could potentially take on is the Goggins Challenge, which is based off of David Goggins, who is an ex-Navy SEAL. He came up with the 4x4x48 Challenge. Have you ever heard of that? I had not heard of that. So what it is, is you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. So the result is that you run 48 miles over the course of two full days. But that is going to get really hard after a while. The first, maybe the first 20 miles aren't too bad, but that next 28 are going to be tough because you're going to be going on no sleep and your legs are tired. I'm just trying to think if I were to accept that challenge, although I know you're not challenging me to do this, but if I decide to do a challenge like that, think about what time of day I would want to start. So I'm thinking if I went to bed at 8 o'clock, on a Saturday night and started at four o'clock on a Sunday morning, then when would I be finished? Four o'clock on Tuesday morning. Thinking through this. So I'd get my sleep Saturday night. I wouldn't get any sleep Sunday night. I don't know. When would be the best time of day to start that? I don't think it's going to make any difference because you're still going to... I was just trying to think what time of day I would start that would interrupt my sleep patterns the least. Have to think about that. Yeah. So David Goggins, if I'm saying his name right, he is encouraging people to join him in this challenge on March the 5th of this year. Oh. What day of the week is that? I haven't looked. But anyway, there's no entry fee. But if you want a shirt, you can buy a shirt. He's encouraging you to choose a charity to run for. And then on his website to share your story of how... 
this challenge went for you. So anyway, that's that's neat. Again, very challenging goal. Consi- March 5th is a Friday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So considering that we're only maybe, what, four weeks away from that, three weeks away from that, certainly not anything that you and I need to be training for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, my wheels are over here turning, too. All right, I'll take it off my list. But I have talked to a friend of ours who had not heard of this before, and he really sounds like he's into it. He's going to do it. Oh, yeah? Well, maybe. And he asked me if I was going to do it. I said, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> if he does it after my marathon, I'll do it with him. It's March 5th. Well, we could do it another time. Yeah, we could. Yeah, I don't want to do it a month out from a marathon. No, no, we don't want to do that. Okay. That would motivate me to run, though. I like that. All right, so let's think about some triathlon challenges. Mm-hmm. We talked about the Evansville YMCA indoor triathlon in a previous podcast, and we didn't really understand the format based on the information provided by the YMCA, but it consisted of a 30-minute swim, a 30-minute bike, and a 30-minute run. And we thought it was going to be the maximum distance. That's what they were looking for. But that's not how they scored it. The way they did the scoring was by seeing what was the farthest swim and then comparing everyone's distance to that. So you would have a percentage of that. And then they looked at the farthest bike and did a percentage of everybody in relation to that. And the same thing for the run. So a perfect score would have been a 3.0. And so I was thinking in this podcast on you don't have to race, there are other ways of challenging yourself. You could do this on your own. You could set your own baseline distances for swim, bike, and run. Or you could do it once and then use that as your baseline going forward. Do it again eight weeks, 16 weeks, 24 weeks later on this same 3.0 scale and see if you improve or, or decline. But hopefully you would be able to score higher than the three because maybe your swim is farther. Maybe your bike is also farther. Maybe your run is also farther. So who knows? Anyway, I thought that would be an interesting way of challenging one's self. Right. Or if, if you didn't want to do the 30-30-30 time, because that's not how most triathlons operate, you could actually set some distances. For example, maybe a 1,500-yard swim and a 10-mile bike ride and a 4-mile run, whatever you want to set. Do it in a couple of weeks and then six to eight weeks later, do it again and just see if your training has created improvement in the overall time, in the swim time, in the transition, because transitions are really a, really the fourth discipline. It is. So either way, you can challenge yourself by doing more than one of the same distance, comparing results. Yeah. So another type of challenging triathlon goal is somewhat combining the cumulative miles that we talked about before with the triathlon. And I was thinking if you pick a month or a quarter or a year, you know, whatever time frame you want, and then see how many iron distance events 
you could complete in that time frame. So let me give an example here. So you swim. Well, it's not really an example. You take your total swim distance and you divide it by 2.4 miles. And then you take your total bike mileage and divide that by 112 miles. And then you take your total run miles and divide it by 26.2. And so instead of adding those numbers together to see how many full distance Ironman events you would have finished, you would take the smallest of those three numbers. So take, for example, the smallest is probably going to be the bike because it's just so huge of a number compared to the other two. You would need to ride the same proportion, swim, bike, and run, to, uh, to have the same numbers across the board. That's really confusing, isn't it? <laughs> All right. I'm right with you, but I'm a math person. I think I can simplify a little bit. I, I like Please what you're do. saying. Please but, do. And I'm just stealing this from our local health club that we're a member of, the health park. They do. They call it Lazy Man, which I don't like the title of that because anybody that's getting up and going in and doing the work, that's not lazy. But they challenge people in the month of February to accumulate the iron distance of 2.4 mile swim. 112 mile bike and then the full marathon to accumulate that in February. So if you did that, that would be one Ironman distance. Right. Regardless of if you went farther in any one of the disciplines, Mm -hmm. you would have to get at least the full distance in each leg to count as one or double each leg to count as two. I like the way you explained it better. And it's a cute t-shirt. But I don't like the name. I don't like the name. All right, some other crazy challenges. If you're really not able to race, or maybe you just don't want to race, you could do the donut mile, which consists of the following. You start your watch. Then you eat your favorite full-size donut. Oh, my word. Then you run a quarter mile. (laughs) I'm editing this out of the podcast. (laughs) You don't stop your watch. We do encourage healthy eating to our athletes. Eat another donut. (laughs) Run another quarter mile. Eat another donut. Run another quarter mile. Eat another donut. Run a quarter mile to the finish of the mile. So you might consider that a race. Maybe it is a race, but it's certainly different. So four laps, four donuts, and finish. Or we have a friend who uh, has been known after a big event to eat dozen donuts as a celebratory meal not recommended i don't think that person even eats donuts anymore maybe that's why (laughs) he's probably sick of them you could take that donut mile a step further and do it for three miles consecutively and have a dozen yummy donuts so on zwift talking about cycling there are so many races and so many challenges we're not really going to get into all those in addition to all the racing that's available it's such the game where you can earn achievements and badges and ride on but one of the challenges i remember was to climb past mount everest and just keep going for a i think it's a total of fifty thousand meters of vertical climbing which translates into 31 miles straight up in the air if you are a hill climber or just very patient You can earn the Concept Z1 bike, which is the Tron bike with the glowing wheels. But like I said, we're not going to get into all that 
what's going on in Zwift. There's a lot to it. So on the swimming front, you can certainly do time trials. And I really like challenging myself with the, the beep of the watch every length when I'm doing a speed set. But there's a metric called the SWOLF, S-W-O-L-F, SWOLF, in swimming, which gets its name from combining swimming and golf. And how it's calculated is you add up the time for one length of the pool and then add that to your strokes for that length. And you're only counting the pool of one arm as a stroke, not both arms, in the calculation. So our Garmin watches calculate the swolf. It may not be super accurate because it's going to depend on which arm you take your first stroke with after pushing off the wall and which arm you touch the wall at the other end. But it's really easy to count if you want to just do it manually to count the strokes and then add that to your time. So as your swim technique improves and your strength improves, you should be able to move more quickly through the water with less effort or less strokes. So you should see over time your swolf going down. Right. And just as a side note, the amount of time is much more important than the arm stroke. An athlete can swim an entire length and do no arm strokes if they just kick, but their time is going to be terrible. So the swolf score, the time is weighted much more than the number of strokes. Yeah. Yeah, the time is more important in that equation than the strokes. I guess my point is we don't want our athletes just on the regular counting strokes and trying to minimize them if they're not doing the work. (laughs) No, no, it's a combination of am I getting faster? Am I using less effort to cover the same distance in the same time? Yeah, efficiency. Efficiency. Yep. So another challenging goal... This one is probably (laughs) post-pandemic, but I think it would be a really cool goal. Are you with me on this? I don't know. I need to hear it first. (laughs) A really cool goal to travel to France and take a Tour de France tour to where you get to ride some of the same courses as the tour, and they, they get you situated on some of the mountain stages of the tour. So you have could, you seen some of those downhill switchbacks? I have. Okay. Just making sure. Well, you and I, we can use our brakes. Those guys, they're just another level. My brakes would be gone before we got to the bottom <laughs> of that hill. <laughs> but wouldn't that be a challenging and fun goal? It would be challenging. We, we've never been to Europe. We have not. We should make a, a plan post-pandemic. Let me, let me think about that one. <laughs> All right. So there are a lot of different ways that you can challenge yourself that don't involve a race, that don't involve social gatherings, but really the focus ought to be on enjoying your training day in and day out. But I like to have something that I'm working towards, whether that's improvement that I can see or some kind of a challenge, even if it's not as crazy as some of these challenges. Yeah, I think those are some really good ideas and hopefully it'll motivate some people to lace up their shoes or hop on their bike or jump in the pool yep by the way i did do a little research while we were talking through this podcast and you are correct iron man world championships october 9th which is a saturday 
Chicago is October 10th, and Boston is October 11th. That would be a crazy challenge. <laughs> and impossible to get from Hawaii. To Boston, to Chicago, back to Boston. Yeah, that's not happening. So in our podcast, we always like to share a scripture. And for this podcast, I was thinking about Colossians three seventeen, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So we've talked a lot about challenging goals and some crazy type events, even some crazy attempted travel plans. Whatever you decide to do, go before the Lord and ask Him for guidance and for direction and just listen to what He tells you because you certainly want to be following in His will. Amen. Hey, if you're on Facebook and would like to join in the conversation, we encourage you to search RYR Endurance Team and join our closed group. It's just a group of athletes who are like-minded and enjoy talking about endurance sports, and we'd love to have your opinions and input in the group. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe to our podcast. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.